0: Well, good morning. We're uh, just grateful to be here. Hey, great job for our worship team. I like uh, uh, seeing so many of our young people up here today, a little ring here in this mic. I don't know if we can bring, find that. Um, Love seeing our young people up here serving and sharing and ministering. Really cool to see. And today we're going to be continuing in our series on uh, things Jesus never said and Yeah, I know it's kind of a funny thing to talk about what he didn't say, but this is a way for us to circle back and double down on the words in red that Jesus said to really let them be highlighted in our hearts and our lives. And sometimes we can become a little bit accustomed and used to... Uh, things we're familiar with. And we get overly familiar and we start to lose the impact. So this is a a way to kind of reawaken our hearts to some of these key truths. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're in part five today. And today, the statement that Jesus never said that we're looking at is this. You don't have to forgive them. Never said by Jesus. Ever. You don't have to forgive them. I think sometimes we have like a little bit of, uh, you know, I have my own CBK translation, Caleb Benjamin Kling. Like there's the Bible, and then there's like, but here's here's how I apply that to my life. Um, yeah, you need to forgive them, but in these cases, you're going to make, there's a list of exceptions. There's an asterisk somewhere in your head, in your heart, in your mind, where you think Jesus couldn't have possibly met every situation. And he doesn't have any of those asterisks or Italics or like footnotes where he said, hey guys, just kidding about that one. That's too hard. Just leave that one to me. Nope. Jesus said uh, a lot about forgiveness. We're going to look into that this morning. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to do that? You're like, oh, I don't know, Caleb, man. I, I'm not sure. It's going to be good. It's good news. Father, thank you for good news. Thank you for love and for your joy. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, how much we have been forgiven. It is just phenomenal to consider all that you've done for us. Lord, I thank you that we, as your people in eternity, are going to have the privilege to be around your throne with 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands and millions upon millions from every tribe, tongue, nation, language, people group, joining the angels and the hosts, joining the heavenly song singing, worthy is the lamb. Lord, you have paid the price for the forgiveness of humanity. You have released the greatest power in the universe when you said, Father, forgive them. And I pray today that none of us would leave this place carrying unforgiveness in our hearts, that you would do a work of deliverance in the places we don't even know about today. Lord, you bring a work of healing. Lord, for things we've been carrying that we forgot we were carrying, you would bring freedom today, forgiveness, and healing. And the supernatural power of forgiveness would be something we step into as a people this morning. I prayed in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Okay, we're going to say amen to that. I really feel like as we look toward 2020... The Lord is wanting to give fresh vision. And I think about 2020, obviously we think about 2020 vision is, is like having good vision. In order for us to have good vision and see what's ahead, we have to, spiritually speaking, we have to deal with the subject of forgiveness because forgiveness gives us that clear vision. It gives us the ability to not be looking through our rear view mirror all the time at our past and, and living in a place of real uh, offense and, and uh resentment resentment is this interesting thing because you feel like it's going to protect you, but it really holds you and connects you to stuff that happened instead of being in well, whereas forgiveness frees you to move ahead in the exact purpose God has for your life how many of you want to start the next decade free to move ahead? how many of you want to start tomorrow free to move ahead? I mean why wait until this January first 2020 <laughs> We're supposed to live in this every day, right? But I just feel like this is an important subject for this season of transition. So uh, just think about it in, those, in that big picture as well. You know um, again, Jesus, Jesus never said, "Sorry, not only did he not tell us you don't have to forgive them, He never said anywhere in the scripture, "Look, you've just sinned too much for me to forgive you." I would say, "Go and sin no more, but in your case." You might as well keep going. There's no forgiveness for you. <laughs> never did Jesus say, you know, I can forgive everybody else, but you specifically get on my nerves so much. I just can't. You're, you're, the, you're the one that I can't. Said Jesus, never. And to his disciples, he never said... You need to forgive up to a certain point, but there is a line that gets crossed, and when that, I just would never expect you to forgive in that moment, so you don't have to. How many of you are grateful for the grace of God that he forgives us, like he's the God of grace, he's the God of forgiveness, I'm thankful for good news, as we talk about what Jesus did say about forgiveness, and what he did release for us, you know, we can forgive because we've been forgiven. I just pray today that the supernatural power of forgiveness, the the forgiveness that Jesus released on the cross, that we would understand how supernatural it is, that we would step into that in a greater way in our lives and live in the power of forgiveness. It is supernatural in us and through us. So let's look at Matthew 6. We're going to start here in this part of the sermon where we know known as, you know, commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in this portion of Scripture, Jesus is teaching the disciples how to pray. And right in the prayer, we're going to pick up with verse 9. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven. Why not you read it with me? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Everybody now. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When does the forgiveness flow into us? As we. Everybody say as we. As we. Say it again. As we. as we. That's an interesting connection there. As we. There's a flow. He didn't say forgive us our debts, though we're still holding grudges. But please do forgive us even though we're not going to ever. Ever. He didn't say, I'll forgive you, but you don't have to forgive others. He said, pray this, forgive us our debts as we, and P.S. Verse 14, by the way, if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly, your father will not forgive your sins. P.S. On that prayer, the, the, the forgiveness part. Do you ever read the words of Jesus and say, wow, Lord, that's a hard saying. That's a difficult saying. If you say that, you're not alone because the disciples in Scripture saw Jesus say things like, you know, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he was speaking spiritually, not physically. He wasn't talking about cannibalism. But people looked at that and said, ah, we just want you to multiply bread and make our lives happy. We don't know about all this lordship and follow you and all of that stuff. And they all left. And Jesus looked at the disciples and they said, he said, are you guys leaving too? And they said, Lord, you only have the words of eternal life. We can't leave you, but could you explain that one? That was a hard saying. and we're, we're having trouble with this one. There's, there's sayings in Scripture that are, that are hard sayings. But I'll tell you this. Some of the most difficult sayings of Jesus that call us to the cross, that call us out of self and into Him, are where the most power is if we'll hear it. Now, also remember that the commands of the Lord are always for our good. Even the ones we don't understand at times don't agree with like Lord are you sure this feels I just no really they're for our good even when we don't understand. I encourage people all the time I believe a lot lot of our walk with the Lord um, there's times in scripture where it feels like I don't get that I don't see it I'm not talking about understanding the scripture. You fully understand directly what he's saying. And there's a part of you that's like, I don't know if I want to do that. We're called to live in a place of trust. We're called to embrace mystery at certain points, knowing that understanding will come, that we're going to trust the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. But as we follow him, it's going to be unfolded. It's going to be explained. We're going to start to get it. There's going to be little moments in our lives like that where we have to trust in the midst of mystery that the commands are only for our good. There's nothing God commands that isn't for your good and for your benefit and for your blessing and to make you a blessing. Okay. So anytime we talk about forgiveness, it creates a lot of emotion and rightly so because I think as believers, we can be intellectually convinced of of forgiveness and agree with that. But when it gets right down to it, we still need to be emotionally and spiritually engaged in that truth of forgiveness. And, you know, it gets down to like, hey, you, you don't know what someone did to me. And you're right. I probably don't know. There's a lot of heartache we could get into it in this world. You know, you have situations where there's a spouse that cheated, or a best friend that lied, or there's some kind of betrayal, or someone that you loved and admired lets you down, or didn't pay what they promised to pay. They broke their promise, or you felt used, or somebody hurt you emotionally, or physically, or spiritually, even sexually, different kinds of abuse in this world. And we could talk about stuff that is just so very painful. And as brutal as it is to endure a personal betrayal or, or abuse, sometimes it's even more difficult to see somebody that you love and care about go through that. Like if you're, sometimes people are able to like forget, like it happened to them and they can forgive, but it's like their, if it's their kid, they're like, I'm going to murder that person. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's, there's just different levels of that. And, you know, we're, we're talking about forgiveness as a banner over everything. And I don't want to pass over the pain that you experience today. We need to step back and realize there's things that happen that are horrible. They're unfair. They're reprehensible. They're wrong. Forgiveness isn't like, oh, just it's, it's okay. Let me tell you something. When somebody asks you for forgiveness, don't say it's okay. Because what they did is not Okay. Saying I forgive you is not saying it's okay. It's two different things. It's okay is like a lame version of, of, of it's basically the phrase it's okay is lowering the standard saying your behavior. We're just going to say that it's okay. I know we're not, I don't, we don't don't, don't always mean this, but words are important. When we say it's okay, we're like saying, hey, what you did, we're going to lower the standard down here. And realize, okay, we're just going to lower the bar and then you can keep behaving like that. And that's why people a lot of times don't want to forgive because they feel like they're just lowering the bar. But forgiveness doesn't lower the standard. It raises the standard. It restores the standard to where it should be. When you're forgiving someone, it's because something bad actually happened. It is a debt. It is something, a trespass against you and you're releasing them from it and no longer holding it against them And it's like they owed and now they don't owe anymore. But there was an actual debt. They were in the red. There was a debit and they withdrew everything from their account and they went into the the negative. That's what sin is like between us and God in relationships. And when we talk about forgiving, we're talking about releasing that debt. And I'll come around to that in a moment. But what I'm trying to say today is that forgiveness isn't about minimizing the wrong done and saying it wasn't a big deal. Forgiveness is about stepping into healing and stepping into freedom, starting with the person releasing the forgiveness. When God commands us to forgive, you need to understand it is deeply and profoundly and eternally for your good in terms of your own welfare, benefit, inner world, everything in your life. So, Getting into the subject, you know, where do we start? Like, how do I even forgive something that's just so unforgivable? We go back to Matthew 6, 9. And it says this phrase, pray this way, our Father. Everyone say it, our Father. So that means you're his child. And as a child of God, you are a new creation with a new heart with a new spiritual DNA, you take after your father and it means this, you have and I have the ability to forgive as God has forgiven me, as God has forgiven you. You have in you as a believer the ability, the supernatural ability I would say, to forgive as you've been forgiven. Let me give you some definitions of forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is an act of the will that is supernaturally empowered by God and based on what Jesus has done for you. It's an act of the will. You've got to choose to do it. You're not, it's not gonna be forced upon you. You have to step into it and do it. I, I might share a story if I have time today um, that I've shared uh, you know in the past. It's just an incredible story about Corey Tinboom and choosing to forgive. Another way to talk about forgiveness is that it's a conscious choice to let go of resentment toward people who have injured us, and instead to bless them and treat them with kindness. Like, what if I don't want to be around them? Okay, there might be situations where that applies. Fine. You know, there's certain situations where you forgive somebody, but you don't trust them, and you don't really want to be around them, and you don't really want to put yourself in that situation. Again, get it? Agreed. But I'm talking about those other situations where there's not any any kind of danger or anything like that going on. And you're making a conscious choice to be kind in your heart towards that person. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to make you wallow in it for the rest of your life. It's a release of forgiveness and it's a choice about how you're going to treat that person. Okay, so it's leaving aside the wrongs done. It's letting it go giving up resentment. Resentment, we could define as bitter anger at having been treated unfairly or unjustly. I'm no longer going to carry the resentment. By the way, resentment and offense quickly turn into bitterness. And offense and resentment and bitterness are toxic to your soul. You're not meant to carry them for long periods of time. You're meant to resolve them and get them out of your system. You're not meant to walk around with that stuff in you. It's not good for you. It's not, you're not going to be at your best self with those things. You're not going to have peace. You're going to start getting filled with stress, anxiety, fear, shutting down, all these kinds of things with those emotions going on in your life. So here's the thing to think about, like holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. And forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Like, it's paradoxical, right? You think like, hey, you did this. I'm just going to hold the line like never again. And you vow to yourself, never going to let that happen again. And, you know, part of that's all right, right? You're like, okay, I don't want to be in situations like that again. But there's, it crosses over into this kind of resentment feeling. And you feel like, I'm just going to keep holding this grudge and nursing this thing. And, oh, it's starting to slip. I better work it up again. And, uh, no, I can't like them. And then, it, then you start to get bitter. And it's like, that's not strength. The choice to forgive. Like, uh, there's this verse that talks about there's one mediator between God and man. And the next phrase says who it is, the man, Christ Jesus. And I love it. I love how it talks about him. He's the man, the man of men, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the men, the man of men. He is the man. And when you look at Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're looking at the man, Christ Jesus, unfurling and releasing into the universe, the greatest power this universe has ever experienced, the power of forgiveness the man, Christ Jesus. It's not a sign of weakness. That's not an act of a weakling or a wimp. It's the act of a mighty warrior. Father, God, you guys can say amen right there. I'm saying amen to that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Okay, listen, don't give resentment, even the smallest space in your spirit, because it's like one of those Oscar fish, it's going to grow to the size of the fish tank. It's like, it's going to, it's going to fill the space that you give it. It's just one of those things. Like, you know, unforgiveness and and resentment, they tend to expand until they fill the heart completely. So don't waste a second of your life holding on to hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. It's not worth it. It's going to shut down the best parts of you. Rather, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that's what the Bible says repeatedly in the Gospels, in Colossians and Ephesians. Look at Colossians 3. Bear with each other. Tell somebody, hey, bear with me. Bear with and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance, a complaint, big or small, against someone, how are you supposed to forgive? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Everyone say this phrase, as the Lord. As the Lord. We're commanded in Scripture because of God's grace and what he's done and what we've received, we now are commanded. And that means we have the ability and the supernatural strength to forgive as the Lord. I'm not saying you're Jesus. You're like, what are you saying? I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying you have, you can forgive as you've been forgiven. And the Bible wouldn't command it if we couldn't do it. So you have the ability. You're amazing. You're strong. You're a warrior. You can do it. And you can live in freedom. You were meant to live in freedom. You are meant to live in, 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 uh, in the joy of the Lord. In a place of, in your life where you're like, okay, you're thriving. You're at your best. You're not shut down because of all this crazy stuff that's gone on in the past. You're literally free and moving and living in freedom. Come on, somebody. So God freely forgives our sins. That's how he forgives. He hurls it away. It's, it's this... Um, forgiving in that same way. And here's the thing about forgiveness. Here's the thing about unforgiveness, rather. It feels like protection. It feels like a way to keep control of a situation. Um, It feels like a way to protect myself from being hurt again. And I think we all identify with that. Here's another way to look at it, though. In the shadow of my hurt... Forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. Like when I'm feeling hurt, I feel like forgiveness is just like, it's rewarding them for their wrong actions. That's what it feels like in in the shadow of hurt. But listen, in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is a supernatural gift that I've received and I can freely give. And it releases the victory of Jesus. Saying like, I don't want revenge. I want the victory of Jesus to be released in this situation. Forgiveness opens the door for heaven to come. That's the greatest revenge. You know, when the scripture says, if your enemy hungers, give him something to eat. If he thirsts, give him something to drink. It's like talking about moving in the opposite spirit. And the next verse says, it's like, okay, vengeance is mine. I will repay. God's talking about like it's his job to judge. And, you know, when you do these things, it puts coals of fire on their head. But I, I kind of have thought about that before. Like, what if, what if those coals of fire, this is just not theological, but just roll with me on this. What if those coals of fire are like the same coals that touched Isaiah from the altar in heaven? What if, what if, <laughs> what if the coals of fire are actually releasing revival fire on people? So that heaven comes and it changes everything about them. The best revenge isn't somebody that's groveling the rest of their life. It's that person being transformed. We want to be transformed by his grace. What if you can be a vehicle to releasing heaven into a situation that hurt you and now everybody involved is getting transformed by the power of Jesus. That's what forgiveness has the potential to do. Pastor Caleb... I love all of this opening the floodgates of grace and everything, but what if I feel like I'm just giving them permission to hurt me all over again? That's what it feels like. I live in this world along with you and I I know that same feeling. You see, we're sometimes led to believe that if we if we forgive, we're giving up control. We're letting go of power, we're supporting bad behavior. Forgiveness is actually an acknowledgement that only you control you. <laughs> and you can't really control other people. But you can control your attitude towards other people. Forgiveness is actually kind of a, there's a there is a quality of surrender in it, of giving this to God. And that letting go can be hard. Because you are letting go of your life into the hands of the Lord. But you're not letting go of control, self-control in your own life. You're not supporting bad behavior. None of those things are actually true. Forgiveness, as I mentioned, it doesn't tear down the standard. It restores the standard. And here's what it does. It makes it so your focus is now Jesus and the future he has for you rather than the bad thing that happened to you in the past where you got hurt. You see, when you don't forgive, you're allowing the past to influence your present and your future. Unforgiveness leaves you bound to the thing that happened to you. You're living with that thing now. It's like attached to you and you're just kind of living life and it's there and it's like, I mean, this is like you're on a, you think you have it on a leash, you can kind of control it so it won't happen again, but like you're the one on the leash being dragged around by it. And what happens is when we forgive, it releases us into the future. Forgiveness releases you into the future that God has for you. You're no longer looking at that thing and like beholding it and just like it's cleared out of your vision. It's like behind you, and you can look into the future that God has for you. You can step into freedom, you can step into healing, step into joy. That's what we get to do as we release forgiveness. It, it attracts the anointing, it, it, it brings grace into our situation. So let's look a little bit more about how Jesus forgives. One of the greatest weapons that we have, I believe, is forgiveness. And I've already quoted this today, got ahead of myself a little bit. But let's look at this incredible declaration that shook the spirit world for all of eternity. Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This is the prayer of Jesus on the cross. Beaten beyond. Isaiah says beyond recognition. I think it's pretty fair assessment. If you saw the passion of the Christ. To look at that movie and say probably it was, a, probably it was worse than the movie. And that movie was rated R for that scene. Because it's unbearable to look at. But it was probably worse. What I'm telling you is that Jesus, the warrior, the man the king of kings, the son of God, the son of man, the man Christ Jesus. There, he came to lay down his life for us, shed his blood for us, wore that crown for us. And in that moment, he knew why he, why he was there and what he was doing. Nobody was asking. Nobody was kneeling. They're saying, oh, Lord, we're so sorry about this. Nothing. This is hardened Roman criminals, hard hardened religious leaders, hardened by legalism and religion and envy, all kinds of stuff going around. The one thing nobody's asking for is, please, least forgiving. But Jesus steps into this moment with no one asking, nobody begging, nobody kneeling, nobody repenting, and steps into this moment and says, Father, forgive them. Like they know what they're doing, but they really, they actually don't know what they're doing. They really have no idea what they're doing right now. And when he said forgive, a tremendous power was released And he wasn't just speaking to that violent, perplexed mob who gathered around a cross 2,000 years ago. That proclamation of forgiveness exploded in both directions on the timeline of human history, exploded into the spirit world. And I really think that after that, a few moments later, we see one of the thieves next to Jesus on the cross who actually was mocking him from the cross dying next to him previously to this. I think he understood what them meant in that moment. Father, forgive them. And he realized that he was one of them. And with a softened heart said, Lord, just remember me in your kingdom. He said, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Like Jesus knew the price he was paying to bring people into relationship with God, into paradise, into eternal life. So how can I forgive someone that doesn't ask for forgiveness? The answer should be ask Jesus because he forgave all of us when none of us were asking for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> forgive as he forgave. Well, I'll forgive them if they like come and repent and rebuild trust and go through 10 hoops and all of that kind of stuff. What if they never come to you? Let me be a little, let me be a little bit direct. What if, what if they're not alive anymore? What if they live in a foreign country? What if they're in prison and you're never going to see him again? What, what do you do then? Are they, are they never write you a letter and ask for forgiveness. I'm telling you, ask Jesus because He forgave with nobody asking for anything. This idea that oh, I'll forgive if they, if, if, they, if they ask me for it, forget about it, because they might never. But when you forgive them in advance, what's going to happen is a healing begins in your heart. So maybe 10 years later or 15 years later, that person comes and they say, hey, the Lord's convicted me about this event that happened all this time ago. And you can let them know, you know what? I forgave you all that time ago. I'm not carrying this. I don't want you to carry it either. But you're communicating a past event that's a transaction that's already had between you and Jesus, not an event happening live that you've carried for 15 years. You guys see the difference? That's why Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. I'm getting ahead of myself again, but it just is what it is. Um, in Mark eleven 25, you're going to see it in the, in the inside cover of your notes. Jesus says, when you stand praying, forgive. There's something that happens sometimes in worship services, in prayer meetings, in our own personal prayer time. I'm, I'm there praying. I'm seeking God. And all of a sudden, the faces are flashing in front of me of people that have hurt me or offenses that I'm carrying. Because that moment that you're going to connect with God... The Lord's reminding us, how can you love me if you don't love your brothers? And the Lord's reminding us that our relational disruptions and offenses and resentments and unforgiveness between us affects our vertical relationship with him. So when you stand praying, the Bible says, Jesus wouldn't have said this if we didn't need it. When you stand praying, forgive. There's going to be moments when you start to pray that the first few minutes of prayer is going to be like, oh, this happened. Ah, this happened. Ah. And you're going to be like, Lord, I forgive them. <laughs> Thank you for that person. Thank you for who they are. They're amazing, really. Thank you for forgiving me. I, I, I forgive them. Forgive us our trespasses. It says, Lord, forgive me for A, B, and C that happened today. While I forgive them. As I forgive them right in this moment. We need to understand there is a supernatural flow of the current of forgiveness that happens when we choose to forgive. It's like, it just, it fills our life more than ever before. Okay, so we're learning, being reminded here about how Jesus forgave. And let's be reminded today that in receiving his forgiveness, you receive the ability to forgive and release the supernatural power of God in and through your life. So don't rob yourself of forgiveness by clinging to unforgiveness. Don't rob yourself of healing by clinging to unforgiveness. Choose. I know we all get disappointed in life. We all have these moments. We get hurt. Some of it is, is quite unfathomable. But we have a choice in those moments to get bitter or to get better by giving it to God and forgiving. And we do have the choice. I want you to know today, you do have a choice. Nobody can take your choice. You have a choice. The, the mindset of a victim is, I have no choice. I am what I am, and I can't do anything about it. That's victim mindset. It's not who you are. You are a victor in Jesus Christ. You have a choice. You can forgive. You are a powerful person. You can choose to release forgiveness. Well, amen, Pastor Caleb. That sounds delightful. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's a good thing. Okay. Now let's get practical. Forgiveness toward others doesn't actually come naturally. It comes supernaturally. It comes in the new DNA. None of us have ever had to work at having a bad attitude or a wrong spirit. Did you ever have to work at that? If you're like every other person on the planet, that comes naturally to your flesh. you don't have to work on being resentful or being bitter. I mean, you do, but it's like, it's an easy rut to slip into. I mean, have you ever had to tell yourself now, I don't really want to do this, but so-and-so did me wrong. So I'm just going to focus on that for a while. Really meditate on it. Really work up a real bad attitude about this. and <clears throat> Okay, I think I'm almost there. Okay, I'm there. <sighs> Let's see how the week is going to go now. Now that I'm in a real bad spirit about this. No, that, that's kind of like, that kind of happens by itself, right? So we need a new mindset. We need to practice intentionality and stepping into forgiveness. When resentment rises in our thinking, it takes on a life of its own. Forgiveness, on the other hand, when we make the conscious choice and step into it, like it brings a, an excellence of spirit in your life that also affects every other area of your life. It brings a sweetness and a peace and a blessing and, and liberty and life and joy and healing. It just, it just permeates into, into your being into who you are. Okay, just like resentment can be a stronghold, forgiveness can become a stronghold. In your life that's established and a platform that you live off of, it says in ephesians 4:32 be kind to one another, tender-hearted forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you that's uh, the first memory verse my mom forced me to memorize as a child because me and my brother used to get in lots of fights <sighs> until we were like teenagers and he was bigger than me and then I, I got, and I, but I was smarter so I'm like let's not fight anymore, let's work this out let's work this out buddy he ended up being a fullback for Sacramento State and I, I wasn't a football player so you just see where the, where the sizes happened and all that but I love my brother but I, I'm grateful my mom taught us to forgive each other and made us memorize this verse and among other, other things uh, other forms of discipleship in our home so um <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. So, forgiveness is a tool of freedom and power that's in your hand. When you feel emotionally trapped by circumstances or the wrongdoings of others, it is a tool that is in your hand. It's like a rod of authority you can extend. I forgive. You can raise it over the Red Sea of impossibility and bondage, and the Egyptians are coming after you and say, No, I forgive. Whew, split that sea, it's in your hand. What's in your hand? God, get me out of this. God says to Moses, what's in your hand, Moses? Rod's in my hand. Stretch it over the sea, Moses. You have the choice. You have the ability. You have the power. Boom. The forgiveness released. Okay. So we must forgive if we want to walk with God, to walk in freedom, even defeat the enemy. It is not optional. It is obligatory. If we want to go to heaven, we must Forgive. That doesn't mean you have to be somebody's best friend. It doesn't mean you have to trust them even. I have people in my life that are great around my life that I kind of know a little bit, but I don't trust them because I don't actually know them. People think that, that forgiving means they're going to trust somebody with their life in the next moment. It does not mean that. That's not a biblical concept. You're not going to hold debt against them anymore, but it doesn't mean you're going to be like, now I'm going to ride on the back of this bicycle while you go across a tightrope between Salesforce Tower and somewhere else in San Francisco. Even though I just saw you, you know, I don't know, crash your bike a few minutes before. So it's not trust and forgiveness are, are they're two different things. Obviously, forgiveness can be a foundation to get towards trust, but let's just uh, let's understand there's a process in relationship. So. Let's also talk for a moment about this. Sometimes the issue isn't always with others, it's with yourself. Wow. And have you ever said or heard yourself say or wanted to say or, or thought, don't raise your hand, but you thought, I just can't forgive myself for that. What? You're actually saying what I'm saying is, Jesus, what you did on Calvary is not good enough for me. When you say that. Like I'm saying that? Yes. <laughs> You're saying that. I can't forgive myself. How can, how can you say you can't forgive yourself when the Son of God, when God has forgiven you? See, in reality... You become a new creature and the guilty you dies at the cross. If God forgives us, who are we to say we can't forgive ourselves? Okay, but are there actual limits on forgiveness? I love Matthew 18. I love where Jesus is going with the disciples. And he's teaching a lot on reconciling relationships. And it's a, it's a wonderful account. And he's giving them vision for it. It's like when, when two or three agree prayer is answered. Where two or three are together in my name, I'm there. He's talking about the power of living in these reconciled relationships. And so he's given them not just the command to forgive, but the reason behind it. And he's sharing it with them. And then Peter's like, all right, we've got to test this. We've got to see if there's, is there a, is there a limit to how much we're going to have to forgive. Because the, like you're doing this morning. You're thinking of difficult relationships in your life. Possibly while I'm talking. And um, you're thinking of situations like that. And the disciples for sure begin to think of difficult relationships. And wondering how far do I need to go. So Peter comes up to Jesus. And he's thinking I'm going to find out what the limits are. I know it's going to be more than once. Because it's Jesus. And he's <laughs> radical. Um, I just heard him talking about two or three gathered. Maybe I'll like, I don't know, double that, add two. Uh, let's go with seven. Seven's a good <laughs> biblical number. Jesus, he's, he's like, I'm going to overshoot this. Maybe he, Jesus will walk it back. Yeah. Hey, Jesus, how many? T- I can see him like the student, like with the answer, like he's so excited to like, you know, show Jesus in the process of wondering how far he has to go, showing him that he's willing to go really far. Jesus, h- how much do we forgive? Seven times? What do you think, Lord? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think Jesus was trying to get them to keep a journal of up to 490 times. I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think he was saying keep a careful count of forgiveness. Because once you cross to 491, you can let them have it. I don't think he was saying that. But before that, be Christ like. But after that, just journal it. I think he was letting letting them know, as children of God, you need to forgive like God forgives. You need to take after Him in the realm of forgiveness. And I'm so glad that he doesn't have a cap or limits on that. Let me give you a few things in the back of your notes. To, to wrap this up before we respond and pray today. These are just some statements, some declarations that I want you to, to take with you today, to meditate on, to say out loud on your own. If you're struggling to forgive, you're struggling to work through something, I want to encourage you in that situation to take some of these declarations and make them in, the, in prayer, in that moment. Let them be tools in your hand. With Christ in me, the first one, I am not easily offended. I'm not one of those easily offended people. I'm just not. That's not who I am with Christ in me. Proverbs 19.11 says, It's the glory to overlook a matter. And love, you know, we could talk about, or to overlook an offense. We could talk about love covers a multitude of sins. All of those things. With Christ in me, I am not easily offended. You guys, we, I'm, I'm saying this because we live in a culture today that is so easily offended. Like, we're all afraid to talk and joke because we're all so easily offended. We're all a bunch of snowflakes that melt at the lightest little temperature change. <laughs> we're not, but you know, we think we are. We're like, people are telling us that we are. You should be, aren't you offended at that? I'm so offended at that. Don't you want to be offended with me in that? Not, no, I'm not easily, in Christ, I'm not easily offended. Now, I'm not trying to go around being offensive either. <laughs> Caleb said we're just should be easily offended. So right. take this. <laughs> Don't be doing that. I don't want anybody coming to my office saying, Caleb, what did you tell these people? They're all wounding me now. Don't, don't do that. I'm saying that you're just talking about me. I'm not easily offended. Number two, with Christ in me, I stand on a platform of perpetual forgiveness. That's the platform I'm standing on. Perpetual forgiveness. Wow. That's where I'm standing. In grace. You know... I, again, not trying to, these are huge theological terms, but mercy and grace, I like to think of mercy as the part of of God's love that releases forgiveness and and pardons sin. And I like to think of grace as the the one-two punch, the second punch of that that now empowers me to live in righteousness. They're a little bit different nuanced, mercy and grace but there's forgiveness but God doesn't just forgive he empowers he empowers so saying um and this is not something it's not a criticism i'm not saying if you go to aa or na or anything like that you shouldn't say this anymore but um you know i'm not living the rest of my life saying i am an alcoholic or i am an addict to something else I get it that there's moments, I understand the need to learn dependency and not be prideful and be humble and all of those things. We, we need all of that. But what I'm trying to tell us today is something changes in Christ. And there is, a, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was. There is a was. There is a past tense that comes in your life. Now, give it a good amount of time. Don't be prideful. Don't be like, oh, I'm just going to go out and, and, and put myself in a compromising situation. I'm not saying any of those kinds of things. We, we need... You know, there's a process to overcome, but um, I'm just talking about identity now. Forgiveness releases something incredible inside of us. There's a new identity and I'm standing on a new platform. Number three, forgiveness is not a burden God lays on you, but a gift God makes available to you. Stop thinking, oh, I got to go do this. I get to do this because I have been forgiven. And the more I step into this, the more the power of God's going to be released through my life. It's not a burden. It's a gift. Number four, forgiveness is not a passive retreat. It is an offensive weapon, not offensive, offensive. It's an offensive weapon against the enemy. Okay? 2 Corinthians 10.4 talks about the weapons of our warfare. Other scriptures in 2 Corinthians say don't, in like chapter 2, don't give the enemy, like, Hey, we're not ignorant of his devices. Don't give him a foothold by withholding forgiveness. Don't give him access. Like unforgiveness is like buying stock. It, it allows the enemy to have stock in your life, and now he can show up at he can show up at shareholder meetings. Because he owns a piece. He owns that's his stuff. Sell that stock. Get rid of it. He, he doesn't belong in your shareholder meetings. Like, don't have any, don't don't, don't, don't like. Don't offer a you know an IPO of of unforgiveness and you're going to let the enemy buy a whole bunch and have access into your life. Okay, maybe that's for somebody, maybe not. Number five, you're in the financial world. Receive it in Jesus' name. Number five, unforgiveness at its root is unbelief in the power and scope of the gospel. Forgiven people forgive. We're forgiven people. Number six, forgiveness is not a one-time event it's a new state of being. Maybe real deep forgiveness needs to be like when you first had the paint roller after you painted your room and you squeeze it out and a whole bunch of paint came out and you're like, that's clean. But then you squeeze it again and just as much comes out. <laughs> Maybe forgiveness looks like that sometimes, like a process of getting that paint roller all the way clear and back to, back to the beginning. So how many times should I forgive? I don't know. How many times does it take to squeeze all the paint out of the roller? Just keep going until it's all the way out. Let the, the blast it with water. I love when I'm painting, like to get a real powerful hose and just like, just like power wash that thing, and it starts spinning really fast, and it's it all gets out. I love that. Rachel doesn't like that when I do that, but um, it's like do that somewhere off our property. Number seven, forgiveness is the foundation for new beginnings. It's the foundation for new beginnings with God and with each other.